The Very Serious Crafts podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered Patreon-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Very Serious Crafts podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. And I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. Today we'll be talking about technique overload, the ethics of crafting, and why you shouldn't knit and drink. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) Or any kind of craft, really. Yeah, Uh. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) We'll get there. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I, you know, those things that happen and in them, as soon as they happen, you go, I have to talk about this on the podcast. This is one of those things. Uh So we're going to start with this. In my family, during off times, we often like to play Would You Rather, which if you are not familiar with this, the idea is you're presented (laughs) with two maybe opposing, difficult, unpleasant situations, although it's not always unpleasant, Um, and you have to decide which one you would rather have. So my brother, who is 19, decided to present me with this. Now, I'm the only single girl here in this podcast. My co-hosts are are married, so I'm not sure that they would be asked this question, although maybe. (laughs) Hey, you know, yeah, uh-uh. Haley lives in Brooklyn and I live in Chicago. You never know what we've been asked. <laughs> I, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so this is what my brother asks me. Would you rather date Rumpelstiltskin or the Grinch? Now, <laughs> this is a really weird question to be asked to begin with. But what I don't think he realized huh. is he had presented me with two potentially crafty suitors, right? One... Like the Grinch sews, and Rumpelstiltskin he spins. Does. I'm fine with either one. <laughs> one of them steals babies. One of them steals Christmas. That's right. See, you I looked mean, at the negative. I saw the positive. See, and that's where we. That's where we. That's where we differ. Exactly. That's really not where I saw either of those things going. That's hilarious. And I mean. Again, also on the positive side, the Grinch ends up with, like, a kind heart at the end. Rumpelstiltskin, though, gold, hello. So I, this is actually a very difficult decision. So but the Grinch has a dog. The Grinch okay. does have a dog. Okay, okay. I think I did, I think I did land on the Grinch. I mean, he's also okay. kind of, you know, cuddly. <laughs> I was going to be like, his heart can grow so many sizes, and he's got a nice little dog. He doesn't wear pants for some reason, but what are you going to do? There's a lot of pros and cons in all of this. (laughs) My spouse doesn't wear pants for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) No judgment here. (laughs) Okay. So this has been so much fun that that we decided we're going to play this for real in our episode of Half Stitched today yes. that we're recording and so for those of you who don't know what half stitch is it's our uh, mini episode that comes out only for patreon subscribers so if you want mm. to get more uh, discussion of things yeah. like what, why the grinch isn't wearing pants <laughs> 
Um, you can yes. just tune into you, that. Yes. Yes, it's, it's going to be Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. All right. Okay. Yeah. What's Would you rather Kimberly? continue on in the episode or I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so you guys know how I thought I was going to have this this sort of chill summer where I was going to get on top of my social media stuff and I was going to sew some clothes and it was going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were shopping your <sighs> so stash. I think I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was already. But I think I'm going to write a book instead. So <laughs> oh, um, stay right. tuned for that. <laughs> <laughs> you always say, Haley, you always say the phrase like you do when you're describing stuff. And I feel like this writing a craft book in a short amount of time every summer appears to be your new how you do the thing, meaning be a craft designer. Am yes. I wrong? No, that, that seems <laughs> accurate. Yes. It's, it's Haley's new normal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's fine. That, that is just fine. <laughs> yeah, it is. Keep the, uh, keep the book deals coming. Yeah, we're proud of you too, Haley. That's we really, are. really cool. Thank you. Excited and cheering you mm. on. Or just, like, listen when you anxiety text us in a couple weeks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. There, there will be a lot of that. <laughs> because, unfortunately, I can't spill my anxiety on to, say, Twitter or anything like that because it's not appropriate. Right. And, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not really supposed to talk about what I'm, what the thing is about and what I'm doing. So. Yeah. Anyway. So, that's happening. I think. All right. Probably. Probably. (laughs) Well, that's like productive real work. And Uh um, (laughs) me being, I don't know, I think I have just like, I'm about to start working on um, the final sample for my next read-along design. And so I think that is why I've caught a case of the procrastinations. Mm. Ah. (laughs) My house is clean. Those are contagious. (laughs) My house is clean. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, in my desire to procrastinate, have um, started watching some weird television. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so for some reason, meaning procrastination, I have started mm-hmm. watching a Turkish period romance TV show set in World War One. Again, it's hmm. in Turkey and Crimea and a little bit in Russia. And um, it's a lot. It is a full soap drama romance. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The show's called, um, excuse my Turkish, because it's not very practiced. (laughs) But the show's called Kurt Seyt Visura, which just basically means Kurt Seyt and Sura. The girl's name is Surat. The guy is Kurt Seyt. Um, and they love each other very much, and they are painfully attractive people. Painfully. Like, they don't look real. (laughs) It's true. Um, Yeah, we were texted a photo. (laughs) (laughs) Uh So, long story short, since this is just, like, my little, like, hey, intro ramble, um, the description of the show is from Wikipedia, so great source there. Um, Kurt Sayet v. Sura is about the adventures of two people in love during World War I Russia, and they're forced to leave their lives and family behind during the revolution and escape to Istanbul. Okay? Okay. All and right. it's very... There's a lot of episodes. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of murder. There's a lot of intrigue. People trying to get married, can't get married, get married, things go wrong. It, there's Are a, there twins? Not yet, but I can only like hope. Secret, secret twins? I can only <laughs> hope. Um, 
When someone comes back from the dead, I am here for it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so long story short, it's on it's on Netflix. Oh no, no, someone did come back from the dead, but I won't tell you who. I forgot. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and this show has right. everything. It's just ticking all the boxes. And the biggest box to tick, which is why I'm even rambling about it at you two and anyone who's still listening to me, um, <laughs> is that it's on Netflix and it's Turkish. But you can get it subtitled in English if you're in English because it's also dubbed in Spanish and a couple other languages. But the reason this show is worth sharing is that it's Russia and Turkey in World War I. So there's a lot of people doing crafts, specifically needle crafts, sewing, knitting, spinning, etc. Right. And so when the main characters are trying to figure out like a work situation because they're refugees, um, the man, say it, says to the woman, Sura. And I quote, I will buy the best fabrics for you. You will sew, but only for yourself. Said by the most attractive man you've ever seen in your life. I, I mean, I can't see it, but I'm fanning myself over that, <laughs> Say it again, baby. Say if it again. that isn't romance, I'd like to think that the Grinch might say something like that to me at some point. But, you know, <laughs> he's less attractive. What, he would just... He, the Grinch would just steal fabric or something and then not make pants yeah. with it. <laughs> that is no, honestly, like, what a line. That I, Does that guy know that girl or what? Yeah, it. I was like, <gasps> and I took a picture of my screen and sent it to my husband and to you guys. And then my husband said, it me, and I said, you wish. <laughs> oh. Anyway, well, the text I sent my husband this week was telling him that if this whole craft book writing thing doesn't work out, I'm going to mortuary school. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm, not yep. the same. Oh, and what was his response I mean, it's to a, that? It's one giant craft. Yes, it is. Yeah. Was he surprised? And I was serious. No. Okay. I, I, no, again, it's not. What? See, he gets you in the same way that uh, that the guy in the show that gets. That the Grinch will get you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. And that was our intro from, banter. From no pants and corpses. <laughs> Ooh, I need a fan. Jeez. Anyway. And now on to something entirely different. Yes. Yes. So... One of the things that I thought would be an interesting thing to discuss as a group, and I think, I hope at least that this is going to be interesting for our listeners as well, is um, what I have been, what I've dubbed this as the ethics of I could make that. And I think as crafters, as DIYers, which is maybe a weird noun, um, we obviously we are of the mindset that we we see something and we want to know how to make it. We want to learn how to make it. And we often feel like we have the skills to do that. Um, but the ethics part comes into how and when that's appropriate and mm-hmm. um, all of the stuff that goes along with that. Um, and I think that in a lot of ways... There's some things here where it's very black and white and a lot of gray in the middle. So I just thought that yeah. um, it might be a, an interesting thing for us to talk about today. So um, do you guys have anything you want to throw in here right away before I start throwing out some 
questions and, and ideas that I've been wrestling with here? I mean, I have a pretty solid rule that I go by, um, which is if it's for me, mm-hmm. like for personal use, then it's probably fine, depending on what it is and depending yeah. on whether or not I should be supporting someone, like supporting someone I know. Right. But if we're talking about, if we're talking about just something that I'm going to use myself that I could make for me, that's usually okay with me, ethics-wise. Right. Heidi, how about you? Is there a, a hard and fast rule for you that instantly comes to mind? I mean, I I liked Haley's rule because it made, it made me think of, like, fair use and copyright. Yeah. Because um, I think that's a good way to, like, intellectually consider this yes. <laughs> question um, yeah. that a lot of traditional people who might not do creative work for a living, like that, that the, the way that those like concepts click, I don't necessarily, I don't know that it would necessarily click for everyone, but I think that yeah. it's something that if that doesn't automatically click with you, you should reflect on. Cause I think it's really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not to be all <laughs> but um I feel like it's been interesting recently now that I've been spending a little more time getting back into following the vintage world, um, particularly mm-hmm. people who craft because they love vintage, like that they become mm-hmm. crafters or become really skilled crafters because they want to work with vintage sewing patterns or knitting patterns um, yeah. because it's hard to find affordable quality vintage or affordable quality vintage that fits. And so it's interesting mm-hmm. because in the vintage world, everyone's making like they're trying to directly reproduce the reference photo. Yeah. Um yeah. Like tailoring wise. And so that's an interesting case. But I think that also kind of falls under fair use because a lot of these patterns are so old that they're copyright. If we're talking just from a legal perspective is all right. kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also it's a little bit different there because you can't get it from someplace mm-hmm. else. Yes, exactly. Um, like yeah. even if you are reproducing something from like an advertisement from 1952 mm-hmm. like visually reproducing something mm-hmm. you can't go buy that from the original designer right you yeah. might not even like if it was at a department store you might not even have any idea who that designer was and there's not really a good way to track that down yeah, yeah that makes um, i like that description yeah and so like the thing that i always look at is and again not not necessarily thinking vintage and things that are out of copyright, although I know that you get, you know, there's some muddy water there in terms of, you know, what kinds of ideas fall under general ideas and so on, blah, blah, blah. But if we're talking more modern, mm-hmm. um, the, the hard and fast rule for me is always if you see an idea uh, that someone has made and you start making something that is the same and you sell it or even very, very similar and sell it to me, that's wrong. And it's, you know, again, you get into some things where if it's kind of a general idea, you know, how many people are um, making and selling needle minders, for example, like, you know, where, you know, where the line is for general use there um, can, can be interesting. But if you're selling something that was very, very directly inspired by someone else's stuff, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing that, right? Like that's kind of the that should be fairly obvious. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. People yeah, will 
some people will email me and ask, mm-hmm. which is always appropriate to do. If you right. know who designed something and you want to do something like that, reach out and ask. Even if you don't legally have to, it's the ethical thing. Exactly. To do. And that's yeah. where I think sometimes we get into the difference between what is legally acceptable versus what feels ethically What's right because right. that's where it can get yeah. a little bit more gray do you feel like it's getting worse though i feel like they're in the blogging world i feel like there used to be an awareness like an like an honor among thieves like a like kind of this <laughs> it felt like more of a code like five and ten years ago in the blogging world where you knew you should be crediting someone if even you found like inspiration in their inspiration blog post And, like, I feel like that was way more part of that culture. But with influencer culture on Instagram in particular, there's, like, the, like, people can't even get tagged for their own stuff. Yeah. No. And I think it's getting worse. I I think it's also just, like, an overall saturation of content Mm -hmm. as well. I was thinking that. Because there are so many... There, well, there are so many content aggregators, yeah. um, sketchy and not sketchy, that are duplicating, like straight out, straight up duplicating mm-hmm. people's yeah. projects. Um, so it can be hard to track down the original, especially if they're not a big site. Yeah, and yeah. there are also so so many people like pinning things and looking at Instagram. I mean, I'm sure that every single one of us has had an idea that we later come across and it's really similar to something someone else has made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have to stop and think, oh, did I did I rip them off? Yeah. And like it's not even on purpose. It's, right. But when you have that much content coming in, it's it can be really hard to keep track of where ideas and inspiration came from or even identify that they did. And it also can be, it also can be um, an issue of if you feel like someone you know has done something really similar to you and you're like, oh, I don't know if I should be mad at my friend or not. (laughs) Has that ever happened to you guys? (laughs) I mean, I always, I, I usually, unless it's like really direct, I've never had anybody like openly be directly stealing of something. But I, but every once in a while, I'm like, I hung out with you two weeks ago, <laughs> and then suddenly you're designing something that I similar to what I was working on. That is interesting to me. Well, yeah, and, and usually is, I let it go because life's too short. But yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, Molly, I will I say no, no, you're you're fine. Um, I um, I recently wor- was working on a project that I, I definitely was inspired by. A, a particular style of something that was made. Mm-hmm. Um, it was embroidery and applique. And I, which obviously a lot of people do, and I've done it before, but, you know, I, I went, okay, this is kind of a cool idea of combining these things in this way. And now I'm going to make something yeah. that looks completely different than that. But that's the idea. Embroidery and applique right. in, you know, a limited mm-hmm. color palette. I'm not sure that that's... I mean, technique sharing is not the same thing exactly. as lifting an idea. Exactly. But I definitely, I saw a piece and that inspired me to use that that technique. Um, so that was inspiration. 
then I drew up my pattern and I started making it and I went, this looks an awful lot like, I like after it was already like half made, I went, does this look like something that my friend has drawn? And I opened up this thing that she had done and I was like, it does kind of look like it. Did I, did I do this without even realizing? And and so I, I just went to, I went to her and I said, hey, I'm making this thing and it might have been inspired by this. I didn't realize it until after I'd done it. Do you mind? And of course she was like, oh no, of course I don't mind. And yeah. that, you know, that's really, right. and that's part of it. It's just that acknowledgement of, of yeah. just a check-in with mm-hmm. someone to yeah. let them know, oh, I, yeah. I might've done this. I wasn't meaning to, even if I was, how do you feel? And that. That helps. I also, the other thing I thought about was, um, you know, when talking about that saturation of, of things that you see that start to inspire you, what was the original source? Can you ever know? When you have certain kinds of trends, like floral embroidery is such a big trend still. Like it's been going now for probably a couple of years, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Strongly, you know, and a certain yeah. aesthetic with the types of flowers that you stitch and you know, phrases in the middle of a border and so on. When you start looking, we're not talking about like a couple dozen people who are making these. We're talking about hundreds of people who are making these things. And you see people globally who are making these things and have been for a really long time. And could you like, at what point is there a line where if you jump into that trend, are you taking other people's ideas or are you just joining the trend? You know, that, that area gets a little bit, that's a, that's a gray area. Although there are, I think there are some people who maybe were doing, have been doing things for a while that go, Hey, I was the one who started this. And could they ever know? No. And I'm, it's, I think that that's one of like, for me, that's in along the same lines as technique. Yeah. Like if, if you're looking at a forties style, shirt dress and those happen to be popular you aren't gonna go back and find the first person exactly who ever like brought back this vintage look i mean you couldn't yeah but (laughs) it so or um like the first person who did contrast stitching on a hem Mm -hmm. things like that it that doesn't seem to me to be nearly as gray. Right. Um, but it, it's, I don't know. Um, I mean, there are also things that, or at least I find this as someone who writes cross-stitch books. It's when you're talking about pixelated images. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And certain styles of doing pixelated images there are limits to how different things can look yep. mm-hmm. from other things. And yeah. it's, uh, yeah, Molly, you absolutely know this too. Yeah, it's like, like, it's incredibly hard when there is a way to make this shape. Yeah. Like, there are, or, or if you're doing like an animal or a person. Right. There are only so many ways that you can get that idea across in 14 squares per inch. Yes. I mean, it's... Geometry can be limiting. Geometry can be. <laughs> and, I mean, this happens in quilting a lot. Yes. It's a lot of drama. <laughs> when, in, in the quilting world, when patterns or techniques or 
color schemes seem to be lifted, and I totally get that. Um, but it's again that yeah. it, that's geometry. But there is creativity within that medium that if you're directly yeah. copying that, yeah. that's sketchy. Um, okay, but the one thing um, I loved, it, Haley, you had an addition to this is the <laughs> in in the ethics of I could make that. Where's like the worst place you could possibly say that phrase? Craft fairs. Don't do it. <laughs> Please don't do that. Wait until you have walked like at least three booths away if you're going to whisper yeah. it to the person you're with. Just just hold that thought. Or just hold it forever because no one actually in. cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care if you can crochet. True. These people can crochet that better. <laughs> but also, like, it's just a jerk move to look at something yeah. that someone has priced and be like, ugh, I could make that. Or I could make that for less. Like, yeah, because you're not figuring yeah. out <laughs> Like, <laughs> Yes. Oh, I, I have, obviously, I have opinions. And I don't even sell at craft fairs. And I well, have I just think, like, if you, if you are someone who has the ability to make that, right? Like, that's, you have, you have the skill set to do that. If you just literally think, if I were presenting this to someone as a gift, and they said, oh, well, I could have made that. You probably would sink quite deeply inside. You would be like, oh, well, then why did I bother making this? That's the same way that someone feels when they're trying to sell their stuff. Like, it's just don't don't make them feel that way inside. Also, also, one could like use their empathy brain and think for like two seconds about like how that someone's trying to make money for some kind of reason. And it's not just because they love spending every Saturday in a 90 degree tent every summer. Just keep that in mind, too, y'all. But, yeah, I don't know. It, I just, it's mean to walk up to somebody who's done a bunch of work and say, oh, I could make that. Like, you're dismissing all of the thing. And if you're interested in it enough to say, oh, I could make that, clearly yeah. you mm-hmm. appreciate what they've made. And and just, just don't carry your drink too close to their booth of handmade stuff either. That's also a good idea. I have I have too many friends who also with fair. horror stories. Yeah. And you want to know who doesn't want to pay Ooh. for your whole inventory that they just spilled a beer on? Uh, the drunk person who spilled the beer. Yeah. It's terrible. That's not cool. Um, but really, I think just like wrapping this all up and putting a bow on it, um, if that same idea of I could make that in front of someone, like to their face, is unkind at best... Carry that over to what you're doing online. Like, think about, would you... I mean, actually, I should say, I've seen people who proudly display the thing that they've copied and said, hey, look, I made this thing just like you and I'm selling it. But... Um, oh, my gosh. That <laughs> also I happens, think it happens to me so. quite a lot. Um, but just, like, think about others and how you would feel if that were done to you. Like, really, that that's what it comes down to is, like... Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's that's like that. Just think that through and choose wisely. This sermon, yeah. this sermon was yes. brought to you by Molly. Don't be a Thank jerk. <laughs> Amen. Dun, dun, Let's dun, all hold dun. hands and sing now. Um. <laughs> but similar to similar to not having your drink at the craft tent, Haley, what do you have for us? <laughs> Let's talk about a subject near and dear to my heart, friends. <laughs> it's beer. 
and how that does not mix very well with your current crafting project, no matter how nice it sounds to go sit at a bar and drink a beer and knit a sock, don't do it. Learn from me, friends. (laughs) Learn from me. So I have had to redo several ill-advised bar crafting projects. Um, I had to unknit fully half of a pair of socks once. Oh my goodness. Because I'm not sure where those stitches went, but they didn't go into my sock. Oh. (laughs) I also have done two at a time where I have crossed the yarns. Oh my goodness. And therefore connected <laughs> the pairs of socks. And I mean, we're not even talking, we're talking a beer or two. We're not talking like fallen over. We're talking just like social drinking here. <laughs> I can tell you what happens when you do say tequila shots. Why, Haley? <laughs> Because I I have made that mistake. So I once brought an applique project to a bar to meet a friend. And when I arrived, that friend was already elbow deep in several rounds of tequila shots. So I had to catch up, you see. (laughs) So I apparently proceeded to work on this applique project throughout the evening. And when I woke up the next morning, I found that I I was applying an elephant onto a tote bag for a gift. Okay. And I found the next morning that I had appliqued through both layers of the bag and had applied the bag shut. <laughs> because that's super useful. And definitely something that can be fixed without tearing out I mean, out I guess oh. an elephant never forgets, so maybe you'll never forget next time you have to sew an elephant. <laughs> I, that, no one's laughing at my dad joke! You only laugh at Molly's dad jokes, not mine! <laughs> this is an unjust podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I was feeling really <laughs> bad about my elephant. Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I don't know. Okay, so I guess all I'm saying, and if you guys can feel free to, to weigh in, I, I would just like to lay down a couple of rules, just, just for the, the listeners. If you have to close one eye to find the hole in your cross-stitch project... Or the stitch in your knitting. Or the stitch in your crochet. Or the end of the line when you're embroidering. Any of those things or anything else that you can think of, put it away immediately. (laughs) It won't be fine. It won't be. And on that note, you're counting. It's going to be off. I don't care if you've had half a beer. It's going to be off. Yeah. (laughs) And if you must... If you absolutely must, bring a bulky crochet project with yarn that you can see the stitch definition. Because that's the only way you're not going to utterly fail and 
only one active stitch at a time is better odds. <laughs> all right. I So so that's what I have. Yeah, Molly doesn't drink at all, right? Yeah, I don't drink yeah. at all. But all I could think of was this is all still very relevant to me because A, um, I'm always, technically, I'm always sober, but my counting is still frequently off. So I always look at like, <laughs> if, if me sober is like this, what would it, what would half a beer do to me? It would be bad. So that, but also I have found that sometimes um, recording the podcast functions in much the same way because I have definitely messed up a sock while I, you know, knitting oh. while we were recording and I had to go back and undo it. So I, I think Didn't that, antibiotics do that once too? Um, and like I remember silly, you being yeah. on antibiotics at some yes. time during the podcast. Yes, definitely antibiotics will do that to me. Um, steroids are like, yeah. whoo, bad. But um, I just, I think <laughs> um, <laughs> whether you drink or not, I think that this is very valuable. Uh, these are valuable tips to live by. Yeah. So I, I I agree here. Yeah. Okay. I would also like to say this is in my, was in my youth. I'm 36 now, and I know better. Just for the record. Fair. Fair. I mean, we learn from our experiences, and sometimes we learn from others' experiences, <laughs> which is also fine. Um, learn from my experiences, people. Yeah. Um, and speaking of learning from other people, uh, I- I'm going to try to make this not be complainy <laughs> because I could go there with this. Oh, complain. I think you should. <laughs> um, so this is the this is the rant. Why can't we just have one name or technique for each embroidery, knitting, and crochet stitch? <laughs> please, please, please. Amen. What is a stitch? Um, <laughs> what is a stitch? Oh, yes, and that gets that's a whole other part of it. Ah, okay. I'm gonna have a cracking existential <laughs> crisis. Yeah. So. You know, this is just one of those things when, so I, as, as someone who crafts all, all the time, every, pretty much every day I'm working on some sort of a project, I feel confident in my crafting abilities, but I'm still always learning. If I find this confusing and frustrating, what is it like for someone who is new to this? I wanted to learn how to do herringbone stitch in knitting, and I found three totally <laughs> different stitch patterns to make essentially the same thing. What is up with well, that? And then if you Google it... I am complaining. And then if you Google it, <laughs> and you specifically say, like, herringbone stitch knitting, pictures of crochet and patterns for crochet will come up, because Google can't apparently yes, be bothered to scan you. a given page for the instances, for the like amount of times the word knitting versus crochet comes up in a freaking pattern, let alone index what the abbreviations mean. Sorry, I'm very here for this. Right. I'm very here for this, Molly. But, but even... <laughs> Go off, even if Molly. you set aside <laughs> even if you set aside algorithms and all of those things, why is there three different ways to do the same thing? And again, this is kind of like in like Microsoft Word where there's 12 different ways to do the same thing. But like it seems like it just is confusing. Puff stitch in crochet, same thing. And people will use terms interchangeably when it shouldn't be. Yeah. And it's so confusing. 
Um, and when you do or do not count the stitch right. that finishes the puff stitch, that is that is one oh, of yeah. my favorite adventures. Thank you. That you just have to wait till you get to the end of the row and count. Well, and, and then, see then if, if you do a pattern with right. a puff and stitch and somebody thinks that the one way they ever learned it from like the lady down the way is the only way to do it and then she yells at you on the internet, that's also really fun. Exactly. Yep, it's my favorite. And speaking of speaking of yelling at each other on the internet about this, um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, first of all, I just want to preface this by saying Jenny Hart is one of my favorite people. She's if you don't know Jenny Hart, she does sublime stitching, and she's like, she's like the mother of of modern embroidery, and I love her. Yeah, she's so great. And, like, I just listened to her on um, the Creative Queso podcast, and she's – oh, my goodness. I'm, it made me love her even and more. And she's so it good ma- at it, business. like, backed up. Sorry. I'd... Yes, exactly. Yeah. And she's so, like, personable and, like – which is how this comes along. So the first part of this is she has on her um, – in her tutorials what she calls, I think, the easiest chain stitch. Um, and somebody introduced it to her – and so she wanted to share it because it, in fact, is the easiest way to do this. Um, I wanted to share that that technique as well. And this technique has been around for a long time, by the way. I just didn't know if you know what the name was. And so I started calling it reverse chain because essentially you're working backwards from how you typically do in embroidery. Then I finally found in like a stitch pamphlet from like the 50s or 60s, they referred to it as chain stitch broad. So it's, you know, this has been around for a while. Um, So I think that, again, there's different names for the same thing, essentially, and it's confusing. And... And I'm sorry for what well, I've done. Well, people have to also that. independently yes. created exactly the stitches and called them something because mm-hmm. they didn't know it was a thing. Right. Like it's really easy to accidentally create something uh-huh. with stitches mm-hmm. and not know exactly. And I just want to publicly apologize for any time <laughs> that I have done that and caused confusion myself. Um, same one time same over here. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yep. We're all very sorry. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I found in um, a semi-vintage Japanese embroidery book this stitch that makes like a little circle. And I loved it. But it was all in Japanese. And I had no way to translate it. I had never seen it anywhere else. And so I shared this process um, on my blog. And I said, I don't know what this is called. I'm calling it a circle stitch or a polka dot stitch or something. Jenny Hart commented on my blog, which first of all at the time was high honors there, right? A you big know? deal. Yeah. It still would be a big deal, to be honest. Um yeah. and she said, Oh well actually it's called such and such. I don't remember what it was. I should have looked up what she said, because the comment is still there. And Jenny Hart, I love you, but I still disagree with you. <laughs> Because I think that you were referring to some other stitch entirely that did not match up with what I was stitching. I'm going to start some drama. And so there's that. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't want to... Do you know who you're questioning? I, I know. This is like my gluing it's, and not gluing Exactly. Thing, questioning Amy Oxford. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to say, Jenny, I think you it's were wrong. Bold. And I still love you. It's a bold move. It is. Um, but actually, so that I don't dig too far down into into the complaining and so that we can, you know, continue on in the podcast, <laughs> I do, as much as this is frustrating, 
there's something kind of cool about the fact that there are these different techniques and names that this is ever changing and it is things it's something that is passed along um orally and um in all of these different ways that causes the frustration but also it it's a community kind of a thing and so i guess i'll be okay with it and i will learn to i'll learn to love the freedom of it all and the one the one like little ps i have that i've been that i wanted to just say when i knew you were going to do this topic was um in knitting especially like having done a lot of knitting instruction the thing that always blows people's mind is when you get into seaming and you're like mattress stitch no like a sewing stitch you didn't think you were gonna have to sew at this craft activity did you (laughs) (laughs) so many kinds of stitches yeah (laughs) so many well and that dovetails nice enough with my final topic that i'll touch on real briefly which is uh, weaving, because weaving also has stitches, but they're weaving, and you can use a needle or a stick or another stick or another stick or a hook. So many things. Not confusing <laughs> so at all. Yeah. <laughs> <Jinx>. <laughs> so many things. Um, yeah. So lately, I've been doing. Uh, I I've, I bought a used um, shacked tapestry loom, and so it's it's a it's like twenty five inches wide. Oh, cool. and You can make mm. a tapestry as long as a 60 inch um warp so the vertical strands can go as long as 60 inches continuously i don't know if i'll ever make anything that large that seems unless i was doing like the like unless i did it all in plain weave and it was like the weaving equivalent of stockinette stitch like something i could just like bam through the machine real fast but it's not that Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) um anyway so that's been really fun because it's really different than any kind of weaving I've done before. Yeah. Like, I had to actually, like, the this style of loom is basically just a frame with dowels. There's no notches for where to catch the thread. So as you wrap your vertical threads, your warp threads for your weaving, you just wrap them around the dowel, and it's up to you to place them correctly. And then the way that... Mm. Um, I was new to, like, I'd heard the word heddle in relation to weaving before, but I didn't really know what it was before last weekend when I taught myself a little bit more. I spent a lot of time on YouTube last weekend. Mm-hmm. I'll share some of my favorite <laughs> res- most useful resources in my show in the show notes for this. Um, but I also, this, this loom, you hand stitch, basically, the heddle threads. So instead of, like, running your weaving threads through a hole that gets lifted up and down to create your opening your shed for where to shut to put your um horizontal weaving thread through um but you make those heddles mm-hmm. by hand with string so that's another part of setting up your loom so it's really cool interesting and it's all and it's multiple kinds of stitches in multiple directions <laughs> and you can't like ladder stitches down when things are broken so it's fun because it's a little bit more like i've said when i've gotten into other yarn crafts it's fun because it's challenging and new and different um, but it's also really exciting because the limitations of the medium are a little different. So yeah, yeah. that's all. My my other yeah. looms have just been like that's cool. ones. <laughs> so it's fun. I'm gonna have to send you a link to um, someone who does weaving on Instagram, and she makes she or he I can't remember actually offhand um, these really cool mini tapestries oh, with, cool. with images sometimes some bigger ones but you'll love it awesome you'll love it yeah and i'll I'm pop it in the of, show notes i'm too, having so a lot of fun i think my weaving will probably be um i'm doing it in like my mom's favorite colors so i'll probably end up giving it to her when she retires next year so that'll be fun yeah 
Nice. Anyway, Ooh. that's all. That's my little weaving cherry on top. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Weaving cherry. Hmm. I, I feel like that could very easily be a weaving tool, and I would never know the difference. <laughs> or like a, a word for some kind of like knot that forms by accident in your weaving or something. Oh, I, I think we should call it that. <laughs> We've just invented it. Oh, I got so many yeah. weaving oh, cherries funny. today. I don't know. Other people could have called it something else from a long time ago, and now we're just confusing people by creating another name for it. <laughs> Maybe I was just drunk. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think that we should wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> and before we do, we want to uh, we want to give a shout out to some serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us at patreon.com slash serious crafts. So many thanks to Cindy, Wendy, and Katie, who is my friend and also the creator of the um, the Green Bean podcast on in, on uh, YouTube. Yay. Go check her, her stuff out. Hi, Katie. Um, but thank you so much to everyone who supports us on Patreon. It really um, helps us continue making this podcast. Um, we love you all. We appreciate yes, thank it. thank you. And if you Definitely. are a person who likes to hang out on the internet, you should hang out with us more often. Find <laughs> us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Want to join in the conversation? Tag us using hashtag VerySeriousCrafts. And if you're using Instagram stories, don't forget to tag us with at Crafts so we can reshare. We love to do that. Are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? Yes, we know you are. <laughs> Pretty please leave the Very Serious Crafts Ops. podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us to show Please up. Please do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it helps us show up in recommendations, which helps more crafty people who love crafting. They're crafty. They love crafting. And they can find us. <laughs> Finally, uh-huh. if you would like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click sponsor. Or support us at Patreon.com slash Serious Crafts. Thank you, friends. We love you so much. Yes. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>